everybody, welcome back to another episode of Storm King's Teddy, Session 27. How you doing, Kat? Doing well, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Um, hard to believe, but um, we've been playing and casting on this game for uh, well over half of a year now. I know, it's, it's kind of crazy. It kind of just feels like this is the norm and like, what were we doing before all this now? (laughs) So, uh, and this is our longest running. Well, I won't say longest running podcast, but certainly the most consistent one we've done, isn't it? Um, Yes. Most consistent. And, um, it, and, and time, it's not the longest running we've done in time wise. Sure. But like in game, it is, probably been very quick or longest i I don't know um we for a while even if we missed session we still uh podcasted but over the holidays we kind of let that drop yeah yeah um but people are busy over holidays so um okay um do anything interesting um like in real life or yeah real life uh, no, I just talked a little bit about before you about my other character, um, went down a rabbit hole of that. And then I had like a crisis of my personal collection. Um, and I found that some of them are cheap Chinese knockoffs, which is very disheartening. That is disappointing. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you collect statues Yeah, and, uh, I collect anime cells and yeah, I had to be on the lookout for uh, fraudulent ones as well. So yeah, it is disappointing when you find out you spent your good money on something that it's not what you thought it was. Um, okay. So let's talk about session 27. Um, we left off at the end of session 26 in, uh, the eye of the all father and, uh, Escalia, uh, cloud giant had been murdered by her father Um, and we, her ghost came up and basically told us that we could ask questions of her. And I don't know if anybody had pre-prepared questions. I didn't really have, um, the exact wording down. I just knew I wanted to ask about a couple of things. Um, but for the long journey that we undertook to get to her, she said that we could take from her body, her, uh, magic breastplate and which was plus two. And also, um, there was an opal in her hand that had another one of those runes in it, uh, like the um, ice shiv that we found. Um, And it had the ild rune, which was um, fire instead of ice. Um, So we got to asking questions, and Keelan asked who broke the ordning. And we were told that uh, the All Father broke the ordning with the assistance of the Cerulean Death. Um, and um, we asked if this was the father that killed her, and she said she was dead before the ordning was broken. And then I asked, how can we restore the ordning? And the answer was, a lord of the giants must claim uh, true the Worm Skull Throne and reestablish the positions of the ordning. Uh, but there's an evil that's preventing this from happening. Um, and 
let's see. Uh, Portia asks who actually killed Queen Neri, and uh, and the answer was that Queen Neri has killed Queen Neri, and um, because her actions are noble and true, but her actions prov- provoked the evil. So, um, and then uh, we were told that the root in Hecaton's court is the epicenter of the conspiracy, and that a kraken was summoned to um, uh, aid in this overthrowing of the ordning. And so when uh, Hecaton disappeared and Neri was assassinated, it left open the door for the Allfather to break the ordning. So that's kind of what we found out from um, this shade. Uh, Anything else on that? Uh, not much. Um, not much that I can add, at least. Uh, I think the Kraken, um, is the confirmation of the tattoo we've been seeing with the Kraken skull and the sword through it. Mm, yeah. So, so I, I don't know if, I'm sure we all put that together, but no one out loud put, said that or put it together. So I hadn't even um, thought about it. Uh, but no. yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, well, I, at least that's what I'm going through because I'd be very surprised if there was another Kraken cult out there, <laughs> completely unrelated. But I'm pretty sure this is just confirmation of the uh, the tattoo we've seen frequently and so often. And um, whether or not that gave us a clue of who's behind it, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Again, I'm kind of in the dark on that one. But that's just probably my my own low intelligence score. Um, and then, yeah, the 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 root of this conspirator in King Hecaton's court has been trying to corrupt his daughters, um, the three daughters, um, and he he they she whoever um, has gotten to two of them, but um, not Sarissa, which was Captain Morgan Trelith as her alias, and you know, um, I'm assuming that was the one he they couldn't um, they couldn't corrupt. Because or I she hope so. Was, yeah, she was a <laughs> crown princess. Um, so we were then um, given the names of all of the different giant lords and their locations because in order for us to um, confront this evil, we have to go to King Hecaton's court. And... The only way for us to get there is by um, getting each of the giant lords has uh, like half of a conch shell. And so two of them have to get together, bring their halves together and sound it and a way opens to the court. So the only way for us to get there is to visit slash fight slash kill slash whatever um, at least two of these giant lords get their halves of the shell bring them together, sound it, and then uh, go to the court. So we're going to have to visit at least two of these giant lords. And we were kind of given an overview of which ones are being cursed and or manipulated somehow or or charmed um, versus ones that just want power. So um, we were told that the hill giant that we kind of had already planned on visiting she is um usually a a gentle 
um, you know, benevolent ruler, but um, is cursed or mind controlled or um, something like that. Um, the cloud giant um, wanted to, I think she was the one that wanted to have all magic and relics at her disposal. Wasn't that her ambition? Yeah, I believe so. And then um, also uh, the stone giant was being um, was being deceived somehow. But basically we found out that the fire giant and the uh, frost giant are just ambitious on their own. So they're, they're not being uh, so overtly manipulated. They're just in it for the power. Um, and let's see. So the idea is then that we would have to go and somehow get, um, a giant to, um, be able to bring the other rulers in, into line. And that would restore the ordering. Um, the idea I think that we all have is getting King Hecton back, but I don't know if that's going to happen. We don't even know where he is. What did you take out of that? Um, I'm in an interesting position where what Tobinate wants isn't exactly what Smiter of Nightmares wants. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was all for hunting down these giants, you know, taking them out of commission, you know, or at least humbling them or doing, you know, going after the giants is what I, I was all for that. I'm like, yeah, let's fucking do it. That's great. Uh, the fire giant, I'm a little scared of, um, but I'm, I was all for the fight. But then I got to consider what Smiter of Nightmares wants because he was crafted by the giants and he has a little bias towards giants. Pretty sure he wouldn't be too happy about me going on a killing spree, killing HVTs of giant clans and whatever, and just going on a spree. So I, I feel like I just, like I and Tobin are conflicted. Like I, of course, if we can break the curse on the two that are cursed, great. That would be probably ideal. We are, we're not in a fight. Um, and potentially they can become allies down the line or whatever, and I'm sure that would satisfy the agenda and satisfy Smiter of Nightmares. That being said, and even Teddy's even said this too, uh, like the Frost Giant and the Fire Giant, they're problems. Like, if... (laughs) So we can deal with them or not deal with them, but they're gonna be a problem regardless of what we do. So I just... I don't know. And it's putting me in kind of an awkward position of like i want to do one thing but i can't because if i if i i don't disobey is not the correct term but i can't think of the correct term right now if i just piss off or disobey smite of nightmares then my five levels of warlock are all gone and i lose those and whatever i don't know if they'll be transferred to uh paladin or i just lose five levels because i'm not following the directive of my patron so I don't know. I just was kind of like, let's just do whatever, find out what happens, see where it goes. 
Um, it sounded like the party was leaning more towards breaking the curses and getting the conch shells that way from the hill and storm and the stone giant. Pardon. Um, and then since we only need two pieces for a hole, we can kind of ignore the other ones. But then again, well, sort of right because we were also told that if um, we don't deal with them somehow, that they they could still do damage or continue their right. schemes or plots or whatever. Right. So, and then, then again, that that's where I'm like, Tavane would be like, yeah, let's absolutely take down this fire giant, you know, take him down a peg, kill him outright or whatever. But then again, I have to think, does, is this what spider of nightmares wants? But you, you got to know if your sword is sentient and intelligent at all, that it would want the reunification of the giant folk. And if that right. means breaking a few eggs to make an omelet, you know, uh, that's that's at least where I would say that, um, you know, that conversation should go. Look, um, there's obviously corruption, you know, within any society. If we clear this corruption out and get the giants reunited, that should serve Smiter of Nightmare's purpose. Right. It's just how how much am I willing to kind of like push that envelope of like, can I go on a killing spree and kill these HPT giants and then just call that good enough and then just like chill out for a bit and or or is that like too much for him? I don't know. It's it's just it's just putting me in a position where I'm just I, I don't know what to do. Um, I'm yeah. So I'm just kind of right now. I'm just kind of along for the ride um i'm just here let's let's just get it over with you know we've got well i I would say we've got bigger problems but i don't know if that is the biggest problem or if we got other problems we there's a lot going on right now and speaking of smiter of nightmares we didn't find this out until end of session because uh teddy forgot to let you know but when we came into the eye of the all father it increased from a plus one sword to a plus two yeah so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I, 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 I mean, I'm sure, and it did happen that it, it it leveled up or increased or whatever. It went from plus one to plus two, which is awesome. But I was still happy with just a plus one. Um, and then uh, yeah, we were talking about the different giant lords. We have actually have Lars to thank for bringing that up. He, uh, and then after he did, he's like, "Wait, this is way too smart for my character." Um, but he, he was asking questions about the giant Lords, which would be, um, the most simple to, um, take out or bring over as allies to our side or whatever. And, uh, so chief Gua, um, her plan is to become the largest giant that the world's ever seen. Uh, she's a hill giant, uh, said that the, she wasn't a tactician, but she's uh, trapped in a prison of avarice and gluttony. Basically, she's eating everything, trying to become big. Um, and then, let's see, um, Thane, is it Calithia, has been uh, receiving visions that aren't true about the queen's death. And um, so... Uh, she is the stone giant that you were talking about. Uh, and then Jarl Storvald is the frost giant. He's not cursed, just ambitious. And he wants to cover the land in ice and water. 
and he intends to freeze out the storm giants since they are the largest threat to him taking over. Uh, Duke Zalto is the fire giant, and he has his eyes on conquest also. Uh, he doesn't want to transform the world. He just wants to re, uh, he wants to rebuild a titanic relic that kills dragons, um, and with an army of drone and friends under his control. And then, uh, Countess, uh, Sensuri, um, that's the cloud giant. Um, so, uh, her actions in trying to, um, accumulate all of this magic and relics, I guess are angering the dragons. Um, so that was basically the, um, what we were finding out. And then as we're standing there and questioning the, so our positioning right now, most of the party had kind of gone close to the spirit that was talking to us. Harshnag kind of stood back by the door and I did too. Uh, just kind of opposite sides of the door. And once again, this map is so big, uh, it takes forever for our characters to get really anywhere. Um, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of, Hey, what's your turn? Uh, movement action dash. Well, that's all I can do. Yeah. My turn's over. That's exactly right. Unless you're a Winifred where you can like movement action dash bonus dash. And then you get a lot of movement, but even still Winifred had like two turns of just dashing just to do anything. Yeah. Because like I said, the map's just, um, well, giant. And, uh, anyway, we were kind of standing back further by the door and all of a sudden the entire temple got rocked by this, um, shockwave and bits of stone and everything started falling from the ceiling. And, um, Cerulean death showed up. And no, what's that? Is Imrith not Cerulean Death? Isn't Imrith Cerulean oh, Death? Oh, Imrith is Cerulean. My yeah, yes, I think right. so. So, uh, yeah, Imrith. Uh, so if uh, if I'm using that incorrectly, I beg your pardon. But I think they're the same. I think that's um, I think that is the actual name of. You know, Cerulean Death is kind of a tag that got put on them, and Imrith is probably the correct name. But anyway, um, so they were there and, um, essentially were ready to take care of us as a annoyance. And immediately Harshnag, uh, was struck by a full on hit of lightning breath. And I don't know how many hit points it did, but it did a lot. Um, what's that? It was like half health. Yeah. Whatever his health is, he went down half easy. So, um, and we can't really see the, the number of hit points that creatures have, but we can see their health bars. And yeah, after, uh, after that hit, this was down easy half. So not a great start to the fight. And, um, then he, um, Harshnag engaged by activating his boots, which allowed him to, uh, leap almost the entire distance to the dragon. It's a shame that he didn't quite make it. Um, it, it might have been better tactically 
if he waited, just moved like normal movement and waited until he could have used that leaping attack and still attacked in the same round because that put it, that put him really close to the dragon. And then the dragon was able to close the rest of the distance and claw claw bite the next on, on its next round. Uh, but Harshnag was, uh, ticked off from the lightning and wanted to give us cover to get out. And that's what he was telling us. Get out, run. So, uh, we start to run. Yeah. Yes. Um, you are correct. Uh, Imrith is Cerulean death. Um, apparently I didn't put two and two together. Uh, it makes sense now that in hindsight, but you know, in the moment, I'm just like, oh, this is a random blue fucking dragon. Okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> I mean, like, I realize it's a dragon, but I didn't think much of it. I didn't. I I was out of it last night, so I didn't think. Uh, I didn't think this was really in depth. But yeah, so Harshnag he got jumped into combat, and I was really in the back of the room. Like, it took me like three or four turns just to finally get to the door to leave the room. <laughs> Um, and we pretty much, for lack of a better term, um, except you, uh, we kind of just let him sacrifice himself to Cerulean Death for our escape. Um, there wasn't much of anything I could do. I had a healing, I had cure wounds, but, you know, that's essentially like a Tylenol to, for Lars, it's like a Tylenol for a gaping slash wound. Uh, so that ain't going to do much. I did shield of faith him and for what it was worth, but you know, the dragon had a plus 16 to attack. So yeah, pretty tough. Yeah. I, I really wasn't expecting that shield of faith to do anything, but I'm like, this is all I literally can do. Uh, everything else is either melee or concentration. And I didn't want to break shield of faith for what it's worth in case the dragon rolled low and missed his AC. That's just less damage he has to take. Um, I think it came into play like once, uh, the rest were all just hits. And then you were just like, you pulled out tricks. I didn't even know you could do. You pumped out like what? 30, 40 healing on one turn. So, um, I have two, uh, I can use my divine power twice now. Um, and as soon as I got within, uh, I think it was, uh, 30 feet of him. I, I can use my divine power as, um, a healer to do my level times five in hit points, uh, in healing as an action. And so I, seventh level i was doing uh heals of 35 now those heals can't take you over half but they weren't <laughs> our yeah. snag was down so far that they all hit him and um and just you know plugged a, a gaping wound and so then what i was doing was i was using that and then i was upcasting um healing word and so i think first uh, first round that I did that, I gave him 40, around 45 hit points. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a big heal on him, but, um, not, not anywhere near the damage he was taking. No, I mean, to be fair, the Emirith did like have a plus 16 to attack, 
but um i think most of its damage came from the plus value because i think the dragon was rolling like 2d6 but it was like plus 11 to damage so it was doing crazy it was doing some pretty crazy damage but i don't think it was i mean a claw claw bite with plus 11 that's a lot but even even still it wasn't she's she wasn't rolling like 3d12 or anything in crazy like that but i i last night's session left me a little mixed feelings like i get it it's a dragon it's a blue dragon it's cerulean death um apparently i didn't put that together but it is cerulean death i get it this is a threat this is potentially life-threatening to all of us um like if like we could have easily to have died but i am very certain if we all sat down took that serious and actually tried to kill the dragon it could have been possible it would have been very difficult and we would have been very tapped out and expended and i'm sure a few of us would have gone down in the process to boot but i think it was there was certainly a a possibility that we could have taken down cerulean death and gotten out of there uh yeah so i think best case scenario would have been that the dragon took enough damage to flee I don't think that we were going to get a kill there. Um, and the reason I say that is because you know I've played the game long enough that if you have one of your uh, antagonists that's important to the future story, they don't die early. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, um, I, I kind of felt like even though Harshnag was telling us to leave, that he he got left behind. Yes, and, and ultimately, I left him too. Uh, but I will also say that I left him when I had two first level spell slots and a second level spell slot remaining. That's all I had. Yeah. Uh, I like, like I said, I, I realized the the whole thing is coming down. I realized Cerulean death is there. That's a named dragon. It is a threat. And this could just also be my inexperience with D and D and five E or all of it all together. And cause I haven't really encountered all that, many dragons let alone big vip dragons so i'm sure everyone else was clued into it more or like what you said if it if it is sort like plot armor essentially like oh i'm down to a fourth of my health i'm gonna leave instead of continue fighting but i am still very adamant we could have won that fight and instead it just felt like half of the party was just like okay bye let's get out of here harshnag thank you for your sacrifice you will be remembered but goodbye it just felt like everyone was so quick to drop harshnag and leave without putting up a fight and just and that to me is just like okay sure i get it if we we could have died we could have been that could have been the end of the game that could have been the end of the module we all could have just stayed and fought and died cool but I feel like I I would have wanted to go down fighting at least because you know by the time we were gone, Cerulean Death was at least slightly above half, and that was just damage from Harshnag alone. Like I threw a couple Eldritch Blasts, but most of them missed. But you know 
I I still think like a psychic lance, a fireball, or a chaos bolt, you know, and then you and Lars pumping out healing and me existing because I couldn't do much. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm I'm still very confident we could have come out of that, and it just the session just kind of left a sour note on my on my lips or or whatever. It's just like we just we left Harshnag to die, and I that didn't sit right with me, not at all. Well, um, all I can tell you is that dragon was a machine. I, I mean, the, the amount of damage that Harshnag was taking every round, um, you know, if the dragon would have focused on one of us for a round, it probably could have taken us, um, uh, you know, if, if it rolled badly and, um, you know, didn't get max damage or something, maybe, uh, some of the sturdier characters last a second round, but, um, yeah. So like you said, I understand that, um, we probably needed to boogie, but, um, Harshnag was a good friend of Keelan's. Uh, they'd gone into fights together, uh, like literally him carrying me around. <laughs> and, um, so, uh, I kept trying to coax him and, uh, I, I was hoping at some point Teddy was going to tell me to roll a persuasion because um, I wanted him to, well, and for not just because he was a friend of mine, but for the practical reason of he's our guide. Yeah, that's what was sitting with me too. I'm like, we're leaving our guide behind to go into Zendrick to be then under the Traveler's Curse. And we're like as far south as south can get on the map. Uh, we're the furthest away possible from Stormreach, and I'm just, I'm sitting here going like, we're shit out of luck, bud. Um, so I at least thought maybe, like, Harshnag would hold off Imrith and just be in, like, you know, kind of work his way around to where, like, the dragon is in the room and his back is towards the exit. So then when all of us pass and we're relatively safe, he could disengage and come with us. But it, to me, it just something about last night's session, to me, it felt like we were supposed to run. We were supposed to let Harshnag die. And we were supposed to, ha- like, everything that happened was supposed to happen. It, to me, uh, and, it, and it feels, that's what it felt like. And I, I just, something about that just didn't really sit right with me. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to say, excuse me. I'm not trying to say the session was bad and I hated it. No, I really liked last night's session. It's just some of the actions and some of the things that went down just left a little sour note on me. Well, um, like I said, I, I threw just about everything in the kitchen sink, but, um, the, uh, I think in total, I counted it up after the session that it was, I couldn't, I couldn't find a couple of, uh, the posts, but I know I did, over 110 points of healing on Harshnag for the session. And it just, it wasn't enough. Um, so, uh, yeah, Keelan's very, um, she's upset right now because, um, she lost a good friend and she, I, I told Teddy at the end of the session, you know, this is, this is difficult for Keelan because she's never, she grew up in a monastery. She's never really wanted someone dead before. Yeah. But she really wants that dragon dead now. Yeah. I mean, once we once we 
got out of there and Harshnag, he went down at like the last turn of us leaving. He went down, um, had to make death saves, and then the whole temple collapsed and we made it out. I was like just this close. I was like a bee's dick away from saying like, I'm going up to that cavern we saw earlier and I'm going back in for Harshnag. I uh, I was I was very tempted to ask you to wheel around, uh, so, so uh, we need to cover that. In trying to leave, um, Keelan, the last bit of healing that she did, and Harshnag screaming at me to go, uh, I was within range to get onto the RV, and um, right after I did, that was when Harshnag went down. And there was, um, and and then Amorth did lightning breath on myself and uh, Mask in, in the RV. Stegolus was instantly incinerated by the lightning, 88 points worth. And uh, the only reason Mask and I both missed our save, I even luckied and missed it again, um, the only reason that, uh, we ended up taking half damage was because we were in the RV. So, but the RV was in, just destroyed. It was gone. And so <laughs> mask was despondent over this. Um, I was, uh, still way more concerned about, uh, Harshnag having gone down, but you came by on your, um, Axbeak Chocobo thing and picked me up and I was hoping that I almost told you that I wanted you to do this, but then I didn't want to put you at risk. I wanted you to wheel around so that I could get just within 120 feet of Harshnag and throw him another healing word before we left. And that way he didn't even, he wouldn't have had to even make his death saves, but we ended up uh, taking off and, uh, making it to safety, and then all of the what happened was the temple came down between us and the dragon and Harshnag, and uh, it was so it couldn't follow us, and then uh, we escaped. Yeah. Uh, anything else there? Um, no, I was. I, I think I've, I've said my piece. I'd just be a broken record at this point. Um, that's just, again, this is just my opinion. Um, if anyone else thinks my opinion's wrong, you know, that's fine. But I, I think we could have, we could have taken the dragon. We could have squared toe to toe. Um, but then again, I just, I don't know if the, if the temple falling down was on a timer and we actually really did had to get out of there. Like I understand the temple is falling down and we were, we had to get out of there, but it just seemed the way we got out and the way Harshnag literally like just stayed there and took hits instead of like at least trying to skirt around the dragon and get out. It just kind of just didn't sit right with me. So uh, as soon as we got out, we were guideless and we needed to get some cover because of not only the weather, but we didn't know if the dragon was going to, um, you know, extract itself from the temple and come looking for us. So we um, hunted around. Keelan was the 
um, most logical choice to make our survival check because I had a plus four um, because of the wisdom. And I rolled a 19, and we found the cave of a bear, but the bear had already been killed. Uh, and it was, uh, or it came back to its lair and died, wounded by some other large beast. Um, and I made supper from that dead bear. And then the next day we, um, we found out that the RV had not been destroyed because Winifred had bought the, uh, extended warranty. So the moment that it was taking critical damage and would have been, um, you know, reduced to kindling, um, it was, uh, moved to a pocket dimension to save it. And then after it was repaired, it was returned to us. And so that was, uh, that was kind of an interesting twist. Um, also we had several, uh, maybe plot necessary items in the RV when it was destroyed. So it was good that, um, they were returned to us. Yeah. The more specifically, um, the night stone, which was that pure Kyber orb, um, was in the RV and that was for, um, lady Paolo Omarin. So when I heard that was destroyed, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I understand she wasn't wasn't necessarily expecting anything back, but she did say, bring what you can back. So I'm like, oh, my God, like, I should have had this on my person. So, so if, like, something like that happened, and I thought about it when we found it, too, but I just never spoke up saying, like, oh, I'll take it. I'll be the, the keeper of it and whatever. So when the, the whole thing, the RV got destroyed and everything was lost and all of Mask's possessions and everything, because he kept it on the RV instead of on his person, because why wouldn't you? And he found out all that was destroyed. I was sitting here like my head was in my hands. And I was sitting here like, oh, God, that was really important. We just lost it. I can't believe that happened. Like, I should have just taken it for my, well, not taken it for myself, but taken it for safekeeping. But then, you know, it came back from the pocket dimension. All the contents inside were um, safe and undamaged. And then at that point, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to take it and put it on my person. <laughs> because if anything, I want Omar and Happy. And I don't know what this is, but she clearly probably wants it. And that was our quest for her. So that's going to be on Tabane's person going forward. Uh, but we, di we didn't actually have that back yet. Um, we were still up in the cave and as we left that day, I made another survival check hit 21 that time. And we started hearing, um, like rotor blades and we looked around, saw that it was, uh, a, uh, airship and it was, um, so it was the Argonison, um, coat of arms that was on there. And, uh, they stopped above us and threw down rope ladders and, uh, it was crewed by, uh, some dragonborn and, um, they asked us if we were friends of Dubshaba and they came to find us. Uh, so evidently, um, Prue had sent help for us. Um, and they took us to, oh, uh, that hole in the ground that we were going to what was it called? 
I don't remember the whole, but it's it's the whole with the siren song and the Thrykeen being lured into it. And so after they took us there, um, well, the RV showed up, uh, you know, around that time, but um, after they took us there, um, but the um, we're like hovering over that um, that chasm and um, we are able to see, uh, the Thrakeen down in there. And also, uh, there looks like there is a, um, uh, what's the, what's the name of the, uh, this, basically their champion is a, one of those, uh, Goliaths, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I, believe next uh, that's kind of where our session left off we were using the binoculars that we found at the star goddess and um identifying targets down on the ground and i so i think that we were going to decide over this next week what to do i'm um leaning towards that we're going to be going down there uh, but uh, and trying to figure out what's keeping the thrakeen there um, let's see, was there, uh, oh, and then the, um, I don't know if I went over this, but the, the opal that had the fire rune in it, um, it is, like I said, kind of like that frost rune, but, um, it requires attunement, um, and it can do the following things. It can cause ignite, so as an action you can... Ignite an object within 10 feet. has to be flammable. And the fire starts in a circle no larger than one foot in diameter. Fire's friend, you have resistance to cold damage. And fire tamer, as an action, you can extinguish any open flame within 10 feet of you. And you choose how much fire to extinguish in that radius. And then gift of flame, you can transfer the opal's magic to a non-magical item, a weapon, or a suit of armor. Uh, and it takes eight hours of work to do that. And at the end, the opal is destroyed, and the rune appears in red on the chosen item, which gains one of these. So if it goes to a weapon, the weapon's down, uncommon magic item. It deals extra 1d6 fire damage on any target it hits. And the armor becomes a rare magic item that requires attunement if you have resistance, uh, and you have resistance to cold damage while wearing it. So... That was uh, pretty much the session, yeah. Um, yeah, we also we also got clarification from the the other rune as it the fire or yeah fire fire resistance is not quad or forced. It is one half. Yeah, it's not stackable. It's single tier. <laughs> yep. And I told Lars about my idea of, of him being the. Uh, tactical nuke just going into a swarm of enemies and setting off a fireball at ground zero. Uh, that still has some visual appeal, I think. <laughs> so. but, um, other other than that, there wasn't much else that I can recall. Okay, so are you ready with your report? Uh, yeah. All right, go ahead. So, um, since 
the only combat encounter of the session was running away, um, and I was never in melee range. Uh, I didn't green flame blade, so that all stays the same. I did Eldritch Blast twice um, against a dragon who has a high AC, and I think my first Eldritch Blast was a nat 1 and like a 2. Oh, yeah. So I remember that. My first Eldritch Blast was really bad. Um, the second one was better, but still high AC on a dragon. Only landed one of those. So not good for the session. Um, one hit, three misses, bringing my total percentage from 67 to 63. But, you know, I think somewhere along the line, I don't really care about actual percentages. Just as long as it's above 50, I'm good. <laughs> um, oh, and... I did. I did forget to mention this though. That one time, um, the dragon roared at us to cause fear, and I missed my initial save. Used the lucky and made it. And someone else made their save. Who was it? You remember? Porsche. Porsche, I believe. So otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to approach the dragon. Uh, the only way that we could have moved was away. Although Teddy did say, even though the dragon was um, blocking the entrance, that we could move not towards the dragon itself, but around it to get out. Yeah, considering that way was the exit and the way we came from was uh, a dead end. Yeah. So um, I only put one shot on uh, the dragon um, and because I did a Toll the Dead. I didn't do very much damage, but um, I, I did go one for one. So um, that puts me at 11 for 29, bringing my percentage up from 35.7 to 37.9. So getting better all the time. Um, yep, and um, also somewhere along the line, we got... A, a level up after this. So we're all level 8 now. We are, and uh, which puts you uh, able to do your alpha strike finally. Yes. Um, uh, surprise to no one. Uh, fifth level warlock is the goal. Fifth level warlock was achieved. I now have Eldritch Smite, um, which puts a lot more firepower behind my swings now. Uh, comes at the cost of three spell slots, but... Um, but serious no, chunky damage. Yep. Um, and I meant to do this beforehand, but I got too busy with work today. But uh, I will be coming up with a new strike. Um, I have my alpha strike and my beta strike. I don't know what C is um, in that alphabet lingo or whatever, but whatever C is, that's going to be my new strike. And I'm not going <laughs> to say what it is until it happens. Okay. Um and also, uh, so Keelan took a uh, eighth level in cleric, obviously, and so I finally got my twenty wisdom. So that was awesome. Uh, and Portia took a uh, level in that made her. Um, what's the character cl or the uh, class that she ended up with? Fighter. Huh. She took fighter. Well, there was there was a um, I'm I'm gonna say it wrong. Um, mm, let's see, it was some kind of it was blade something or oh, you're talking about her subclass? Yeah, 
Ugh, I don't remember. I I want to say it was Eldritch Knight, but that doesn't sound right. Or Mystic Blade or something else. like that. I don't. I can't remember. Um, but and I don't know what anybody else took. I, I don't know if um, Mask and Lars took um, straight with their class or um, or took something else. So, but after this, you'll be back to levels of Paladin, right? Yeah. Um, I could keep going down the warlock path, but you know, fifth was kind of like the big one. Uh, I don't really gain another spell slot for until I'm like 11th, which is not going to happen. Um, the next tier is probably, I think, eighth or seventh. So I would have to keep investing to become more powerful, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't think that's it. I got my Eldritch Smite. I got my Eldritch Blast. I, I've got ranged and melee cover. That's pretty much all I wanted. So yeah, I'll be flopping back over to Paladin and you know keep going down that route route till the end of session. Um, so I'm so I'm I'm okay with that. All right. Well, anything else for the session? Um. No, I did a quick search and apparently it's the greek alphabet haha makes sense yeah uh now that i i I just didn't know what it was called (laughs) to begin with there is no c so i'll be thinking of a right isn't yeah it goes it goes alpha beta gamma delta epsilon zeta or at least i don't know if that's the order but that's the picture i'm looking at so i'll be picking a cool name for that strike um and no one will know what it is until it happens. <laughs> but I'm sure if you're smart enough, you can figure out what it means. <sighs> okay. Well, if that's all you've got, that's all I've got. Yep. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day. I know work was probably long. And I'm back to it tomorrow, so I need to get some supper in me. Uh, So appreciate it, Kat, and we'll talk to you next time.